time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading episode 327. And, Stephen, it's an emotional time because it's our last episode. It is our last episode ever. I mean, there will not be another episode. Exactly right for 2017. That's right. (laughs) Recorded in this year. That's actually not true, but there won't be another episode recorded in this year. It's uh, the final episode of 2017. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for uh, just listening. Thank you for your tweets, your uh, your emails, even the abuse. I don't mind it. It's all, all, you know, part of the the abuse. I don't like the abuse, so just direct it at Trevor if you've got anything. Stephen's a delicate soul. Um, (laughs) I I don't engage on Twitter unless it's really, really bad. Unless oh. it's really, really important, I won't engage. Okay, fair enough. Well, we do it thanks well, the to the good... out there, you got to remember. Yeah, well, none of them listening to us, no, though, of course. Of course, not, of course not. No, we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear and Hisense. This is our Year in Review. So, Stephen, oh, we're pretty much just going to run through just thoughts and general stuff that comes to mind, but here's the weird one for me when I first think 2017. People say, well, you would have had this all week or month, you know, tell us about the best thing in 2017. And there is a bunch of stuff, you know. I've done the awards. You're going to have a bunch of stuff you list on Tech Guide over the coming days. There's there's a lot of stuff you could say. This is the best of that category, that class and those things. But when you just say what what stands out for 2017, as strange as it is for, for me to say, I think it's Google Home. Now, I say it's strange because I hated it. When I got it, I thought it was silly, didn't really do much. I think it's a rubbish speaker. But what I'm talking about here is actually the voice assistant and Google Home generally because for two things. Firstly, do you remember at the start of the year at CES, it was all about Alexa. Every device, like smart home integration or smart virtual assistant integration was all the buzz. And I think 2017 delivered on that in a big way. Secondly, Google launched a product. This Google Home's old, like it's been in America for a year. But they launched a product in Australia and they launched it with a solid marketing campaign which has had people asking questions about it. For the first time in a long time, a product that I've not talked a lot about has got a lot of questions to me. Yeah, good judgment there, mate, early on, eh? Good judgment. Oh, it's good because it means I can say, this is what I think of it. I didn't think it was that amazing. But the other thing is the number of people I see on Facebook or Instagram who've just opened one up and they're asking it those silly questions because... They just wanted to know what it was. They wanted. They bought it. They've spent two hundred or one hundred and twenty-eight if you buy it now on special. They've spent that money on it just to see what it can do. And I think that is bloody impressive. Yeah, it is, and I think it's attractive for a number of reasons. Uh, number one is it's the intelligent speaker. We're talking. This is a product. I think the first affordable product that you can talk to, you get an answer back, those sorts of things. So there was a curiosity factor around that, and we had heard of it in the states. But the fact that it's affordable too, I think that it was what one forty nine. Went for one seventy nine. One ninety nine. It started. Yeah, it's yeah. at one twenty nine now. Post Boxing Day, yeah. the Google Home Mini started at eighty bucks, yeah, and it's, it's gone like down to like forty or fifty. Yeah. Um, so, and then you've got your JBLs and your Sonys with some solid products That's using the same integration. Yeah, yeah. Sonos are launching it next year. Yeah. They, I just think. You know, if I was to pick one thing, it's digital assistance. And if I'm going to give that a name, it's Google Home because Alexa's not here. HomePod didn't yeah. land, so you've got to give it to Google. 
it has been uh, definitely their their the year in that department, and and it helped that HomePod wasn't around. Although I, I imagine that's going to be a far more expensive product. It's more like, like you said, the the Google Home speaker. If you want to buy it just purely for music, that wouldn't be the speaker to buy. It, no. It's okay, but if you really after good audio quality, there are others like the JBL Link. You review that. Like I, I think that's great, great quality, terrific quality. JBL know what they're doing. So there are products that have uh, that have incorporated Google Assistant. But uh, and they've they've caught the market's imagination. I think that they roll in two products that we love: speakers. They also roll in the fact that it's intelligent. You can ask Google well, what sound does a kookaburra make, and that that's kind of stuff. The novelty wears off. But I think what people are going to find is that as they get more accustomed to it, they're going to be able to have the speaker read them the news and tell them the traffic and what does my day look like. Well, the thing that surprised me uh, was a my wife asked to use it based on someone else's experience not on mine she just she said oh, Heidi at work keeps talking about the Google Home can, yeah. can we try ours yeah. you know what I've got the same issue mm. I, say, I say to my wife and this is not just tech by the way mm. I can recommend TV shows I can recommend everything but what, if one of her friends recommends something she goes oh have you heard about this and I said I told you about that three months ago so you don't believe me but you believe your friend so I've set it up and I've said here's what you do and then, look there's a couple of errors with it to be honest um, firstly it won't read our family calendar so we have a shared Google calendar and even though it's listed in the app and you tick the box it won't read it weirdly it won't it's I still hate it because it won't read my account because I have a paid Google account it still won't read my calendar really? like so it's right, ridiculous if you've got a, a paid, paid account, Google account. Yeah, that's amazing. and but but what I came to love was I went okay I've got an Atapmo I've got uh, Philips Hue I've got Wemo I've gotten um, Nanoleaf I've got all these smart things and it works with nearly all of them, like even D-Link smart switches. It works with nearly everything. And I was able to incorporate all these things and say, hey, Google, turn on the Christmas lights. Hey, Google. Like it's, yeah. it actually became quite useful and amazing to yeah. me. Apple, that's kind of Apple's or Google's answer to HomeKit. I think the HomePod, apart from being a really, and we've both heard it, apart from being an excellent speaker, it's also going to incorporate HomeKit, which, again, like what you said, you can add your lights, your cameras and everything to it so that that'll be, you can respond just with your voice, turn the lights yellow and it'll turn them yellow. So I think that has added, what it's also done is driven customers deeper into the smart home ecosystem Mm -hmm. as well. Having Google Home now and all these products you can control with your voice, that's encouraged them to buy the smart lights. Oh, I think Philips will probably love this year because of Philips Hue and different things I think like that. they had a bit of a partnership happening there. So there was kind of a, a bit of a synergy between the two. Well, there was a Philips they've Hue got the or... easiest ones to set up and I think yeah. that was the smartest thing for Google to do, whether they did it or Philips did. But I think that was the best thing to recommend. So from my point of view, while it's still not in a standout product for me, I think I'll look back on 2017 as being the year that in Australia, you've got to remember we're different to America, but year in Australia where the virtual assistant really kind of, not jump the shark, really came into its own. Mm. I think this was the year of that, and I think 2018 is going to be even more so. Absolutely. Well, you got to remember, we're going to have HomePod, which we already mentioned. Mm. Amazon Alexa will be in yep. Australia as well. I think they've already released the the, uh, the developer kit for that as well. So it's going to be a crowded smart speaker market in 2018, mm. but Google got here first, and that's why we're talking about them. Spot on. Stephen, um, you're, I'm not going to play Stings. Let's just push all the way through. Course, yes. um, well, I think it's the year of something we really need to talk about in terms of highlight products is the number of smartphones that have gone the 18 by 9 breaking the boundaries yeah sort of the 
the all screen device where so no home buttons just just pure screen nearly taken up 90% of the front of the phone I think the first we saw was the S8 earlier in I think G6 had it first I think LG G6 had it pipped in because they were at MWC where Samsung went afterwards that's correct yes so the G6 you're right the G6 they cast the first stone there and that was screen to sort of front ratio that we saw then there was the S8 and then we saw all the other brands following I think Huawei I, I, I reviewed recently the Mate 10 Pro, which I rate. I really like this device. One thing that they took out, though, was the it didn't have a micro SD card slot. It's got mm. dual SIM card slot, but no micro SD. You can't expand. Why we even had the Nova 2i, which had a quite a yeah. quite a tall screen, 18 so by 9 it, screen. It is the go, and of course you can't uh, you can't not talk about the iPhone 10, which is was rumoured for so long. Apple still released the 8 and the 8 Plus, which had the home screen, the home button, and the traditional look to the device. How often do you pick one of those up now and go, oh, that's weird? Uh, I actually use my. I still use my eight plus a fair bit. I find pressing. I'm I'm swiping up. I'm doing things. It's a a complete mental change. I like the feel of a bigger phone in my hand. I I like the feel of the eight eight plus. And I'm looking forward to, and we'll bring this up in our next show, the 2018. uh, Looking forward, I think there's rumours they're going to have the iPhone 10 plus, so they're even bigger all screen device but uh, I think if, you, if you're looking back at the, the year of the, the smartphone 2017 will be the year where phones got rid of everything but the screen on the front mm. that, that skinny that long skinny 18 by 9 screen mm. uh, as we said the S8 really kicked that off S, S, uh, the Note 8 Plus followed that up from Samsung yeah. uh, other brands followed on as well the, I think the LG V30 was a very mm. underrated device Absolutely. I think that was a terrific smartphone and you had the Google Pixel Two, the XL was kind of more had had that eighteen by nine. The Pixel, the normal Pixel Two was a more traditional shape. Uh, so they, I think, the all, all the manufacturers looking over their shoulders at each other, thinking, well. We, we're seeing what the customers are using the phones for. They're, they're consuming content. They're shooting video, pictures, watching a lot of stuff on the move. So I think having this uninterrupted view on your device, because we use it for browsing for, and entertainment, that is going to be what smartphones stood for in this in yeah. 2017. And, and just finally, uh, I think that um, what's interesting to me with the smartphones is also the lower-end phones, and it kind of happens every year, but I think the lower-end phones got better again. I just think that sub-600, if not the sub-$400 mark, yeah. really the, got solid this year. 200 phones. Like the, I think Alcatel. The, A3XL. Yeah, the, but even the A3, I think, is 149, so it's under 150, and it still had a fingerprint reader, good screen, decent camera. So, yeah, a lot of bang for your buck. I think all those features that were once high-end three years ago are now filtering down to the entry level. You listen to Two Blokes Talking Tech? See the incredible with the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The all-new Hisense Series 7 is back with features consumers have embraced, including depth of rich colours and detailed picture quality. With Hisense ULED, Australian customers will always have access to the very best in content and picture quality. ULED is the result of internationally patented technology to bring the best out of its remarkable LCD LED TVs. Key features include 4K UHD resolution, HDR plus wide colour gamut, local dimming for a viewing experience that will blow your mind. The stylish ULED Series 7 opens up Netflix to 4K HDR. You can also view Stan, Freeview Plus, along with YouTube, all built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV to your viewing habits has never been easier thanks to the ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED Series 7 TVs come in many sizes, 50, 55, 65 and a humongous 75 inches. See one for yourself 
yourself today at your local electronics retailer, Hisense. See the incredible. Now, speaking of incredible, you can't deny that wearables feel like they've plateaued, but actually they have really gained some, some I guess, feature traction in 2017. Um, I mean, kick it off with the Apple Watch. I think it's the obvious one to start with, but, you know, the Apple Watch Series 3 is next level. You know, uh, just a month before the Apple Watch Series 3 came out, we were both with Huawei in China yeah. and we'd been testing the, the Huawei um, Watch 2, which had 4G. Which actually um, had a physical SIM card. Correct. It had a physical SIM card in it, which was a great initiative, but it didn't allow you to have the same phone number across devices. There have been watches before that have an eSIM in them. Uh, Samsung had one years ago, um, but the problem was eSIMs were not recognised globally, especially here in Australia. So for Apple Watch Series 3 to come out, and be announced as launching in Australia meant the telcos were on board. They were jumping up to, to change and activate what they needed to do. And you ended up with a watch that can take calls without your yeah. phone being around. And I think it really took it to the next level. It set, it set the bar, I think, even higher for wearables. And, it, and it's made the Apple Watch uh, even more useful. Like, there's a lot of people thinking, do I need an Apple Watch? Mm-hmm. I think this is the feature that, that convinced like My brother Michael actually went out and bought an Apple Watch the other day. Mm-hmm. And he said that, that very feature is what, what got me over the line. So having that connectivity, I think Telstra and Optus right out of the gate had it straight away. Vodafone about two or three weeks ago, they've switched it on. So being able to go out of it, leave your phone at home and still be connected with your phones, uh, your calls and your messages is great one thing I missed though when I did it is not having my camera so I thought I went down the beach I took the dogs for a walk and I'm thinking oh I've got my calls and texts right here but if I want to take a photo what do I do There's, I don't have my camera with me anymore so will Series 4 have a have a little camera built in maybe Ooh, will they be relying on some form of glasses for the camera I think so. glasses you know? like smart glasses you mean just saying you know. Jeez, you're throwing that one out there mate I think Samsung did. Uh, Samsung was interesting this year because at uh, Christ, where was it? IFA, um, yeah. they they it was only kind of incremental. It was like here's the Gear Sport. You know, it wasn't a new gear. It was just an incremental gear well, for the them. Gear S three watch is still there. The, so the Frontier oh. and the Classic that's still there. Mm. The Gear Sport was their other sort of water their their sporty version, hence the name. But they also I think announced the Gear Fit two as well which is more a band, an electronic band. Mm. Uh, and so they, they sort of were moving ahead and they also announced, I think what was significant too in this year of wearables was the how they were all waterproof and you can swim with them now. I think uh, Samsung have got partnerships with Under Armour and Speedo now for their apps as well. Year of the buddy partnership with fitness organisations and the year of people swimming apparently. Yes, I mean, it's like, yes. Jesus, is everyone swimming? Can we just... No, no mate. I don't know, I don't publicly bathe. <laughs> publicly bathe, Really? There were, there's no little private water holes at Walker Road, mate, that you can you know, use? Or no, no, I'll jump in the pool with the kids at the grandparents. That's it. Good for you. Yeah, well, um, you can't go, you can't not talk about Fitbit. They've had a, big, a big year as well. Yeah, Alta, Alta HR, I think, was their hit product of the year. I think Alta HR is the hit product of the year. I think the Fitbit Ionic is a, an unbelievably great product that struggles on price because it's too close to a Samsung or an Apple Watch. It's like, why would you buy that other than to look different and if you're massively mega in the Fitbit ecosystem, you want to be really engulfed in that ecosystem because it's funny how many Fitbit people I speak to that say, oh, well, the Apple Watch. Um, no, no, the Apple Watch does all the same fitness. Like, it's full on. I don't think you've been watching the keynotes. You haven't realised they're going all in on fitness like Samsung is as well. Fitbit have 
time on their, on their side. They have people who've been wearing the little bands for years and years and years. And, got that and this is a great yeah. push forward for them. I just think that if you're going to buy a Fitbit Ionic, you need to know that for a very small amount of money extra, you're getting the, all the features of the Apple Watch Series 3. But they do have a lot of that uh, the brand loyalty. They do have a lot of customers who have stuck by them. But I, I agree, the Ionic... Great product, maybe a touch overpriced. Mm. And in some areas that it was trying to be an Apple Watch, like being able to transfer your music across, I struggled trying to do that. It didn't work for me. It wasn't, it wasn't as seamless. A, a Same experience. with payments, tap and go payments. Yeah. I, I got it working, but it wasn't as fast. It was yes. a bit sluggish. It just wasn't as perfect. And unfortunately, that's what you're up against with, uh, with the wearable space. But you know, overall, the, the wearable space has been mega again this year. I think they're all trying to find their way between what was it maybe four or five years ago with the jawbone up and the Fitbit. That was basically what you had. And then we fast forwarded to a point where we had watches and now we're, we're kind of waiting for them to not merge but actually separate out again into watches and fitness trackers. Yeah. That's essentially what we need to, yeah. to, to define. The other thing I think they're going to tap into, and they've started to already, is being able to control your smart devices through your, like say at home, I think with the Apple Watch, you can use Siri to turn your lights on and off and things yeah. like that. You can use the, the crown to, 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 for your lights to be right. turned up and down. So those, I think those features, once they come into your devices, rather than you having to sort of fumble around and find your phone, if they're on your wrist, I think it's going to again have that effect where people are going to join the dots when it comes to a smart watch, having a smart product it's going to drive them into that ecosystem two blokes talking tech well while you're speaking smart home Stephen, we probably can't ignore it it's it's one of the biggest things of the year it's a funny one really because you know you and i've been mucking around with smart homes for years and i look at the stuff that i've got and i think this stuff's all kind of gen one and it's kind of all now needs to be upgraded and i feel sorry for the people who loyally follow what we say years ago and and, and did all these things and now need to upgrade again because Pretty much every, th- every single thing that I've got at home has been upgraded or yeah. needs upgrading. So the yeah. Ring doorbell, the Arlo cameras, yeah. probably the Wii. Pro 2 just come out. Yeah, all yeah. That, yeah that's, a, that's a next year product for Australia. But I think the, like the Wemo switches is probably the only thing that haven't been upgraded. But then again, Wemo's disappeared from Australia, right? So it's, it's like they went too early. So let's start with the Ring doorbell. That's right. They went too early. That's, that's Absolutely. A Going too early is a big that's problem. Bad. That's a bad um, the, the, the Ring doorbell um, I thought was great. Yeah. But it's, it's so much better as a version 2. Oh, the number one thing I love, and I've just realised mine's just currently charging in my office, the um, is the battery. You can remove the battery. It leaves a little bit of battery charge in the camera so that it can, it can receive some uh, doorbell rings for a little while. Yeah. But you, t- you don't have to take the whole bloody unit off and charge the whole thing. You're, you're just taking the battery out. That was very smart. The quality's you've better. Got, you've got power to your doorbell. You don't have power. Like, I don't have power either. So, but you can actually connect it if, if you've yeah. gone to the truck. But again, most people buying these things, just, yeah. they're just they whacking just them on. Them yeah. Now, a warning, and I've, I've probably had more people tweet me about this product this Christmas than ever before, yeah. does require a good internet upload speed. Yes. Um, which is interesting because you've only got crappy uploads. I only had crappy yes. uploads until I got MBN. Yes. And the ring worked fine there. So you need about a meg upload. And yeah. for people with ADSL, that's a bit of a punish sometimes. Yeah, so that's a good point. I, uh, I, I do struggle. It does work 90% of the time for me when I'm not home. But um, I am getting the MBN in a few months, which is good news. So mm. I'll be able to talk about my speeds like you. But, so uh, Ring doorbell was great. And then I think the other thing worth noting was the wire-free security cameras. We've talked about that a lot totally. and, and Nick, your response to ours. But, geez, what a year for it. And it feels like all these companies catching up. Uh, Swan. Wire-free app, bloody enabled camera. The Unionet app solo. Um, there's another one as well. It's, it's escaped my mind. But there's several of these cameras that have come out, and they're essentially trying now to catch up to 
Netgear. Totally right. Did Netgear really set the pace when it came to wire-free mm. and have been for a while? That's still setting the pace with the Arlo Go, which got its own SIM card. Arlo Pro 2 is out early next year. So they are still setting the pace, but there are other the alternatives, like the That's solar right. panel on the Arlo. I've got to say, just standout yes. feature. Solar go, panel yeah. on the... Oh, no, just for the Arlo. Any, I use, I use a solar panel for the Arlo Pro, yeah. and I'll never need to charge that battery again. It's yeah, just sitting right. there all the time going. You know, well, Netgear, very, very, uh, with the Arlo, they've got a great little ecosystem happening there. Mm. The, the solar panel, too, if with, for the Go, is like a, literally a set and forget because yeah. it's got a SIM card. Yeah. You don't have to recharge anything. You don't even have to worry about the connection. All there. Um, the uh, other, the wearables, oh, sorry, not we're talking about smart home devices. And, and we've already spoken about the Google Home. That's kind of edged into this area too, especially with the Mini. I think a lot of people, they didn't want to go all in with the big, the bigger speaker. And I think the Mini was a nice little introduction, yeah. which I think a lot of customers will probably buy a second device, the, the, the bigger speaker for another room. Mm. But um, you know, I think lighting is a really important one too. I really like the Nano Leaf, you know, the right. Aurora lighting. Loved I've it. also added the rhythm module to mine, so you can. Do you have a lot of music. parties in your office? Well, I just like to play music. We're in there, and you see the light, the light show going on. It's pretty nice. Philips again, the Hue system is one that's been around for a while. Uh, I've got them all over my place. I've got strip lights. I've got uh, dedicated bulbs and other other lights as and well. You know, they're a great. Th- all these things are actually great things to buy right now when they're on discount on the Boxing yes. Day style sales. Um, little discounts on these things. Mean you can buy more products you can buy more light bulbs and those kind of things i mentioned upload speeds i think uh, nest struggled most this year with upload speed dramas because their nest camera the outdoor one which still requires a power cable by the way um is by the way my, in my view the best quality camera you can get it's unbelievable the, the yeah. quality of the video and its ability indoor to pick up audio the the, yeah the outdoor yeah i'm just talking about the outdoor one you whack it yeah. outside it still requires yeah. a, a cable um but it really needs a good you've yeah, got to have does. mbn for that um that's terrible location to say oh your camera your outdoor camera's offline mm. it's because of my crappy upload speeds yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it yeah. but then there's a the smoke alarm too Oh, I yeah, thought that was a really great cool. product. We nearly gave that an award this year. Um, I just, what I love about it is I'm obviously not I haven't tested its ability to detect a fire, but yeah. it's a nightlight. Like yeah. I come downstairs at night to grab a drink of water, and the light is comes on because it's in the kitchen. Ever. You're not little choggy, not midnight snacking, are you, mate? <laughs> now I like the nightlight too because I get up early in the morning too. To sort yeah, of I like the nightlight before. before I like the boogie. Yes, before everyone else. And the now the nightlight's handy, but I do like the fact that it can tell you. Look, there is an issue in the kitchen, and uh, you can say, "Look, no, no, it's, uh, I just burnt the toast." You can turn it off, so you yeah, won't you won't hear the alarm. The worst thing about a yeah. smoke detector is turning it off, yeah, exactly. and with this one, yeah. you can turn it off with your app. It's yeah. okay. Trev's cooking. Full stop. Done. Yeah. It should be able to detect that. It should have facial recognition yeah. near the other. <laughs> be prepared to go off. Trevor's put making toast. All our thoughts on uh, the latest smart home stuff you can find at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. And while we're speaking smart home, you can't go smart without uh, the best Wi-Fi you can get. And you should meet Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. And with a dedicated internet connection, it helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi Tri-Band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for, and the sleek design and state-of-the-art technology really steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display, and with just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Now, 
when it comes to tech toys, there is a lot to choose from this year. Yeah. A couple of things stand out. There's some great gaming consoles. There is you know, updated drones. But I'm just not going to go past the Sphero Lightning McQueen. Okay? Yeah. Sphero Lightning McQueen is the most amazing bit of movie merchandise. It's the most amazing remote control uh, car. It's just everything because of the robotics involved, the the language. It's just amazing what it can do. I think that thing is yeah. crazy out of this world good. Well, you know what I'm going to say with Sparrow products, what well, my favourites were, but I will talk about Lightning McQueen first. I do agree with you. It is... Uh, the cars is a better movie than Star Wars, totally. No, not at all. But that, that Lightning McQueen is... It, it is like you've they've ripped the character directly from the movie and put it right in front of you. Yeah. They've, done, they've just done a brilliant job in recreating it. And uh, that's how... Yeah, I do agree that this is a standout. But it's hard to go past, for me, the R2-D2 and uh, BB-9E. Oh, I think BB-9E is great, but it's just an evolution on the BB-8. BB the R2-D2 yeah. is, is amazing. I mean, that is that is 40-year-old toy magic. When you think about imagine you as a kid being able to have something wow. so detailed, so real, so remote control, so interactive – it just ticks so many oh mate hello <laughs> it's so and it's so I like I know the him in the films back to front and they have nailed it in terms of not only just the look but also the sounds and how he acts and how he falls over and stuff like that they have absolutely nailed it it is perfect so then I would assume you, you can't not rate the propel drones for example they they're pretty accurate in terms of their their um, their scale, their, yep. their look, their everything. They're an amazing little three. product for for two hundred bucks. I mean, one hundred and fifty now on the, in yeah, the sales. One forty nine. I've seen them for. So you get the the uh, the Tie Fighter. You can also get the X Wing and the Speeder Bike. So if you're a nut like me, you've got all three of them. I've collected all three. Mm. And these are not photography drones. These are battle drones. So if you've got a few, if you've got a few of your mates with them together, get down the park. The remotes have music playing out of them and movie phrases, sound effects, and they go like the clappers too. They're really fast, nippy little drones, so you can have all the like the dogfights you've seen in the Star Wars movies. You can have your own, and uh, if you get a bunch of your mates at the park, you'll have an amazing time. It's like a flying laser tag. Yeah, I think those those. I mean, obviously, Star Wars dominates, and I can't mention can't not mention Lenovo Jedi Challengers. I that's my pick of the bunch. Loved this when I saw it at IFA. I was confused by it because I assumed it would be some computer-powered thing, but it's not. It's a phone projecting, reflecting through. A, I mean, it's just so simple. And three ninety nine is probably on discount now. The, as you've said a million times, the lightsaber is deadly accurate. Um, yeah. It, it is the, the design and the look of it. Do you know what? It's I'm, worth three ninety nine on its own. Just the lightsaber. I'm going to say that of all the virtual, forget augmented reality, which is what this is, because you're in your lounge room or wherever you are, and you know the bloody Sith dude or whatever it is is in front of you. Um, forget virtual reality. I'm talking anything that you put over your head, right? VR, Oculus. This is the best because it it's easy. It, it it's usable. I think it's fun. It off your phone. It's yeah. real. Yeah. I just think it's the simplest, and so bang for your buck and simplicity. It's it's a and no it's brainer, a, and it's a Star Wars product as well. Oh. And, and for anyone who's ever dreamt of wielding a lightsaber, when when you put your headset on and press the button on the lightsaber, in your vision you see your blade ignite in front of you. That's something that a fan would have been waiting forty years to do, mm. and that in this game is fantastic. And I like the fact that it it it, it there are levels, so you got to learn. That's why it's called Jedi Challenges. 
because it teaches you new skills and as you get new opponents you learn to duck and weave and do these other movements so by the end of it when you're taking it taking up you know taking it up against Kylo Ren so going up against Kylo Ren you really got to be on your game so then another one, like we talked about Google Home being out and then taking a while to get here. Anki Overdrive is the other one that, you know, it's been out. Remember at a keynote um, with Tim Cook like three years ago uh, it was launched. Uh, the, the original Anki Overdrive yes. was launched many years ago and then it got refined. But Anki Overdrive is, my kids love it. Yeah. They pull it out and play with it all the time. It's the slot car of the future. Yeah, like it's, it's, Remember the it's old the slot modern, car? It's the modern scale of tricks yeah. without question, totally right. except you can have more cars, you can have more activities and things like that. And then Anki also had the Cosmo robot, which was a bunch of world. fun. Yeah. I just wish my kids had more time. They have too many things to play yeah. with. I think this would be a highlight if yeah. it was the only thing they had. The Cosmo is really it – it's not cheap. It's $349, mm. but for what you get, it's such an intelligent little product. I've described it in my stories as how, it's like getting a, a puppy that you train it and it becomes closer to you and fond of you it recognizes you you can play games with it so it, it is it is that companion it's not just a toy this thing becomes your friend mm. which is remarkable they're the ai on board and, and just the whole smarts across the board is fantastic it's a and look you you, you get what you pay for and, and there's a lot of technology packed mm. in this for the price Two Blokes Talking Tech, a bunch of great tech toys this year, and again, enabled by Wi-Fi. Now, we talked about our sponsors, Nick, here and their Orbi system, but again, this was the year that everyone caught up. Um, you know, Orbi's been out for a year. Linksys Verlop was pretty close behind. Um, Google, Wi-Fi. Google Wi-Fi, to me, is probably the standout product of the year mm-hmm. um, because it really it delivered a similar service at a much lower price but actually not the same quality. We need to be very clear. Orbi is in a class of its own with regards to the overall network performance. But Google Wi-Fi for $3.99 is just a no-brainer to exchange your Wi-Fi at home. Absolutely. And what Netgear had to react, oh, the, the prices of the Orbi have come down dramatically. Yeah. Well, plus, three different models, well, plus there's three different models. So there's three different models in terms of, uh, I guess, coverage that you get, yeah. and the prices have come down dramatically. So Orbi becomes a much more uh, tangible product. And then the one I loved was the Orbi Pro, like a, a, a product for you know your cafes or bed and breakfast that allow you to have a guest network at home that's like a Qantas club with your logo and a login and a password without giving away access to your entire network. A very smart product for a different market. I think they've done very well. You think about what our our behaviour now in terms of like streaming Netflix and all this content we access. So it was the year where a lot of people were paying attention to the quality of their Wi-Fi for a change. Until before we had Netflix, people just had Wi-Fi to surf the net and they weren't streaming, unless you're a gamer, like there weren't, yeah. not many people were streaming content. The, it's, it's also the year of, of the NBN hitting real, some, yeah. some critical mass as well. And one of the problems with people on the NBN is they expect something amazing, but their Wi-Fi is crap. Your internet can be great coming into the home, but if you're pushing it out through crappy Wi-Fi, it's awful. Yeah. So upgrading your Wi-Fi can actually often give you the delivery of uh, the NBN that you but want. Just on the uh, sort of the whole home networking thing, I, I reviewed also the, uh, the D-Link Cobra which is an upgrade from the Taipan. I wonder what the next one's going to be called. You've got a Cobra, you've got a Taipan. What's it got, a Black Mamba or something? I don't know what Black they've got. Mamba? Uh, isn't that a snake, a Mamba? I've never heard a of A Mamba. That's one of the deadliest snakes in the world. Look it up, people. Google it. But uh, the D-Link Cobra is sort of – it's, it's uh, NBN friendly, so it's a VDSL as well. Yeah. But also creates – it's got, you know, multi-user, multiple user, multiple in-out. It's got all of that to, mm. to stream all, all to all your devices, new or old. So it's, uh, it, it, if you are using devices all across the house, it's got beamforming technology that follows you around the house. So having it's one thing to get your network in 
like to get the internet into your house quickly, so you got a, your connection. Yeah. But once it's in your house, then the, a, a modem router like the Cobra can really create a great, great system. And the final thing I'd say about Wi-Fi, uh, and you talked about this on your radio show this week uh, with uh, on 2GB Afternoons, was the family zone. But yeah. uh, protection has now come into the router as well. You know, um, D- Disney Circle is now in Netgear products, so you can have, uh, you know, network level security, network level uh, filtering on your product built in. And I think, this, again, this is this kind of bit early in the process, but in, in five years from now, parents won't need to worry about this stuff. It'll be in every product, it'll be in every modem, it'll be a subscription service you have and you're happy to pay for. Um, we're just kind of at the cusp of that now. So there's some really exciting things happening in Wi-Fi. The most important message, I think, from the two blokes is don't take your Wi-Fi for granted. Yeah. Pay for good Wi-Fi. If you've got great internet, you may as well pay for good Wi-Fi as well. Don't be trusting that basic modem that comes with you with your internet yeah, provider. So yeah, so the NBN, like I, I heard some calls today on 2GB where we customers were they had they bought a better modem than what the company provided. Hmm. So if your ISP gives you a crappy no, modem, I think I think the problem with terminology is modem versus router. I have this yeah. conversation all the time. Just keep the box that came with your internet provider and plug a router in. Yeah. Now, if you're smart enough, you'll disconnect the Wi-Fi in that other box because you don't need it. But plug a router. A Wi-Fi router like a Cobra Taipan, bloody Orbi, Google Wi-Fi, whatever use, it is, plug Cobra, that into... Instead of the modem, because that's, that's an ADSL VDSL. Yeah, but it's, not, not all people are using VDSL. That's the problem. Yeah, that's this, right. this is the problem with the NBN, we get into it again, but is no two technology the same. So the modem that I've got can't be used on a diff, on your connection. You know, They're all different. So just take just cop the modem you get from your ISP yeah. because then, you, then they can support you. A big challenge around throwing away the one they gave you is who do you ring? Like, they'll tell you, no, it's not our problem. So use the one they sent you and then disconnect, use your own Wi-Fi and and you've got a good network in the home. Two blokes talking tech, Stephen. Audio, I think, rounds it out for us this year. It's been a massive year for audio. A couple that stand out for me um, at EFA this year, Sony announced those little in-ear headphones that have noise cancelling. W something or others, 1,000Xs or bloody whatever. Very hard to say, but they're an amazing little product. Um, Audio flies, uh, AF100Ws, $189, almost best in the business. But even their $59.95 Bluetooth earphones were surprisingly good for the price. Surprisingly good, but I think in terms of quality, the... The AudioFly ones at 189 were amazing. A couple I want to mention. I'm a fan of, obviously, the Sony, the WH-1000XM2s. Yeah, they're $500 headphones, so you expect them to be brilliant, and they are. I think a really good, nice little product, which are reasonably priced, uh, $170, the Blue Ant Pump Airs. They so, I just got an email from the guy from Blue Ant saying, look, you know, we just want to send you a pair of these headphones, earphones. They're wire-free, no obligation to review them. Just want you to, just if you want to check them out, go for it. So I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll give them a go. And I was really surprised at the quality for the price. I think they work really well. You can pay a lot more for wire-free yeah, earphones. 100%. I really rate the Blue Ant. a big puppies. year for wire-free too. Everyone's yes, got them. Jabra, cool. buddy. I think, yeah. I reckon I had Soul, Jabra... I mean, it's crazy, crazy the number of fully e- wire-free, e- and that's going to be another. EFM had a had a not EFTM. Mm. Jaybird had the Jaybird Run. EFM had their wire-free versions as well. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. I think um, the think the not the not not Bose haven't made these yet, but EFM did the True Wireless. I'm waiting for some other brands to maybe catch up with that wire-free as well. I imagine Bose having a pair of those things. Maybe next year we might see those. But in terms of um, uh, other brands, I think Plantronics really did well with their backbeat fits, you know, yeah. the, the nice colourful, the, the Bluetooth headphones with the cable around the back of the neck. 
Um, there's also some great speakers that we yeah. like the Bose Revolve. Bose Revolve, like yeah. Uh, Braven had not not a bad not a bad speaker too. The Stride 360, which is a, a more budget priced speaker that mm-hmm. sounded pretty good as well. The Bose also had the SoundLink Mini, which is a really small speaker, uh, waterproof, fits in the palm of your hand. That was also pretty pretty good as well. Yeah, some cracking audio products, and I think. Um, it always feels weird to think how they're going to get any better, but they bloody well will. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 327. Stephen, we're going to come back next week. Just before we go to CES, we're going to give people our thoughts on 2018. What's to come? What What's to going to be big? Yeah. What are we going to see at CES? But also, just what, what do we think the trends for 2018 will be? Um, it was a great Christmas, mate. You have a happy new year, and we'll do it again next week to talk about 2018. So that was the last one for this year. Just to be clear, that's it's over. Over 2017. So we'll see you, talk to you next year. Bye-bye. <laughs>